0: Thanks, Nathan. Uh, if you don't know me, yeah, my name is Sam. I'm father to three kids here. So there's Annabelle, who does an awesome job on piano and yeah, yeah. worship. Uh, James downstairs, Emma, and my wife Annette has really stepped up lately doing a lot of service leading. And uh, James is here. James, you're, down, you're not downstairs. Oh, that's good. I'm glad you're here to hear this. <laughs> Well, listen, uh, I'm going to talk to you today about fear, and we're going to dive into that in a variety of ways, and I've got a good story to share personally on that, um, but but we're going to be going through Ezra, and we've been doing that, and Nathan's done a couple of weeks already on Ezra, and we're up to Ezra 3, verse 3, and Nathan came to me and he said, oh, look, can you preach on this? Uh, preach on this sunday and i I thought okay you have your usual bit of fear that strikes you when the pastor asks you to do that but then he goes oh there's one verse and i'm like how am i going to preach on one verse for 30 minutes but as the week's gone on i'm actually more fearful about keeping it to 30 minutes now but we are going to dive in on this because this is where the the people who were in exile in babylon for 70 years they've now had king cyrus said you guys can go back i give you permission to rebuild that temple i'm going to help you do it and they're on their way back to do it and when they get there despite the fear of the people around them they built the altar on its foundation and they sacrificed burnt offerings on that to the lord both morning and evening sacrifices so that, that's what we're going to talk about, the fear that was going on around them, what they went back and did, and why they did that. Why was that the first thing they did? So there's two kinds of fears you can have, actually. There's only really two kinds of fears. One is your fear of people and following what they accept, or fear of the environment or fear of things, or fear of the Lord and who he is, and following what he expects of us. So, you know, we'll we'll dive into that. I want to tell you a a story, you know, post uh, one of the world wars, post one of the wars, there was a young lieutenant and a general who were, you know, getting on a train after the war to go home. And they're boarding this train to head home. And the young lieutenant and the general, the train was so packed, that they had to sit right opposite a, a beautiful young lady and her grandmother. Anyway, they're, they're on the train and it's travelling and the train enters into a dark tunnel and everything gets, you know, completely pitch black and there's silence. And then all of a sudden, per everyone in the carriage just heard two things, a kiss and a slap. LAUGHTER <laughs> And when the train pulled out of the tunnel, the young the young woman thought she was really, you know, quite embarrassed that the the young lieutenant soldier had kissed her, but she felt sorry that her grandmother had then slapped him. (laughs) And then but the grandmother the grandmother was really upset at this young lieutenant that had kissed her granddaughter but she was so proud that her granddaughter slapped him back. And the general, the general was there and he thought, gee, I'm really proud of my lieutenant for to having the bravery to do that kiss. Um, but why did she have to slap me by mistake? <laughs> but, in the, but in the pitch blackness of that tunnel when no one was looking, when it couldn't be judged... You know, there wasn't any fear. The, only the young soldier really knew what had happened. He knew that in that moment he got to kiss a beautiful girl and slap his general. <laughs> 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 but it's often the way we will, we will take advantage and do things that we really feel when no one's looking, when no one can see. He went and acted on what, he really, what his heart desired. Um, there's some common fears. You guys probably know these ones, like glossophobia. That's the fear of speaking in public. Arachnophobia, sociophobia, aerophobia. Anyone have that one? Fear of flying? A couple, couple of people? But did you know there's almost an infinite list of these phobias? You know, there's this one here. Who knows what this one is? Pogonophobia. What's open? Fear of No. Fear Yeah. Is Mark, is Mark, is Mark Reed here? Okay, Mark Reed's not here. This is a fear of beards. <laughs> so, this one I can't really pronounce. Someone can probably help me. They're, Latin, they're always a Latin name for something, followed by phobia. Know what that one is? That is fear of peanut butter getting stuck on the roof of your mouth. It's an actual thing. You can have that fear. Ecclesiophobia. Ah, oh, yeah, fear of church. Who would have thought? And one more here. Homylophobia. Homilophobia. Hopefully no one has that here today. That's a fear of sermons. (laughs) But there are thousands of them, and I found a really, really cool little video. I just want to pray for you on fear.
1: The world has a lot of fears, and they all have names. The fear of wide-open spaces is called... Agoraphobia. The fear of spiders... Arachnophobia. Yeah, never like the fear of needles. Can you roll up for me? Is known as trypanophobia Okay, 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 okay. Just, 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 just. And the fear of heights? Oh my goodness, look at the view! Acrophobia. Ah! If you're afraid of the dark, you've got nyctophobia. Oh! Fear of long words is Hippopato phobia. Why would they call that? <laughs> and fear of being trapped in a confined space with no escape? Claustrophobia. Most fears are bad. But there's one kind of fear that's good. This is the insider ever and I don't
0: like it! The fear
1: <gasps> of God. Realizing that he's powerful. He's in charge. And he loves you perfectly. When we understand this perfect love, it has a way of making us all not so afraid. So when it comes to fear, we have a choice. Fear God. Or fear everything else. Which, by the way, is called panophobia.
0: yeah so we can fear everything else, or have a healthy fear for God so back back to Ezra seventy years they 've got a promise that i you know Nathan spoke about this if you remember you know book of Isaiah, King Cyrus, it was prophesied one hundred and fifty years before Cyrus was even born that It says specifically King Cyrus would give them permission and send them out. It said the Lord would make Cyrus his shepherd and shepherd the people from exile back. So they had a lot of faith in God's word and who he was and that promise and they were set out to do that. Now we don't know what the people were like there but they had a lot of fear of them. But around 80, 90 years later, you know, Nehemiah is—he's uh, actually continuing the rebuilding of Jerusalem, and he's rebuilding the city walls. And it says in four verse seventeen, they carried around and did their work with a sort of a trowel in one hand or a brick and a sword or a weapon in the other. So that was the kind of environment of fear. Now we don't know, you know, what it was like for Ezra, you know, and the people back in rebuilding the temple and the altar but we do know that they had been 70 years in babylon 70 years of change in jerusalem 70 years where there was no temple there was no altar there was no sacrifices so you can imagine the place had been overrun and changed the culture would have been totally different the people there that would have been opposed to god so what why do you think they came and built the altar first you know the city's 70 years, no, no it's been decimated. It needs a lot of work. They could do a thousand things. Why the altar? Why the urgency too, to resume full schedule of uh, morning and evening sacrifices? They could have spent years planning, they could have made you know consulted with the people, they could have started building the temple. Uh, they could have started building the city walls first. They could have done so many things first but there's this urgency and despite the fear of what's going on they sort of seem single-minded that they're going to resume sacrifices. The reason why is that, that the altar and sacrifices is where and how sin was dealt with. That's where atonement and purification took place they knew the city was not right with God. They knew they weren't right with God. They ne- they needed to atone for that sin. So they had their priorities right, I think. Despite the fear of everything, their priority was to get right with God. You know, when when something's going on in your life and it's giving you a stack of fear, the best answer is to get right with God. So for them... Atoning for evil and sin, priority purification, priority relationship with God, a priority. I recently had to, you know, have a big, big lesson on this myself. You know, I had a, you know, run a business with Rachel. Um, I was going to say CFO, but she's actually my sister. <laughs> I'm too, too, used to that. <laughs> run a business with Rachel, and uh, we. About about a year ago, we raised a lot of uh, money to expand our business because, you know, we, we came up with a vision and a product and a way of serving more people and helping them more than we ever had. And we'd been in business for 12 years. And we were so passionate about growing the business around this new product and serving people, we raised about $24 million. And when we invested that money into growth we invested ahead of that growth have you ever been so passionate about something that you go actually this is going to be so great and you really invest ahead of ahead of time you invest into people you have confidence that you're going to see things work out so we did that and when we got to December we had we've done a lot of change in the business and we'd actually grown year on year. And our investors said to us, they said, oh, look, we're, we're raising a new fund. Um, you know, do you guys want to be part of the new fund? We'd love, You know, we think it's good what you've done. Uh, there's still more to do, but do you want to be part of this new fund that we're raising because we'd love to write you another cheque and put you on that fund? And at the time, we thought, oh, we don't really need the money but it might be good for a rainy day. You know, and we said, actually, yeah, okay. So in December, we signed what they call a term sheet for another $10 million in the business. Now, what, what happened is in, in our haste to see something great happen from this new product and invest this money ahead of growth, we had skipped a lot of foundational building in the business. And it had created a change in the company's culture. Um, and there were things that weren't quite right, that weren't going to deliver the growth that we needed to justify the size of the investment. So we were seeing that growth, but not, not sufficient. So anyway, in January, we had a result that was like 50% below where we should be on our revenue. And we sort of had $2 million in revenue and $5 million in expenses. So that evaporated $3 million in a month. And then in February, it happened again. And that was $6 million in two months. And you just cannot keep burning that amount of money. But we thought, well, look, there's stuff to fix. That's highlighted some problems to fix. But we have this extra $10 million coming in, and that'll give us six, nine months to fix it. Uh, but then, I, right on the last day of February, the investor comes to me and says, uh, you know that extra 10 mil? Uh, well, that one, first of all, they became very hostile at the poor results and, you know, very fearful themselves. They said, well, we're not going to put that in. And I said, well, how much of it aren't you going to put in? They said, none of it. So I'm like, okay. So the reality of that meant that we immediately had to remove... Around one and a half million dollars a month in cost out of the business. So that that meant you know, 50, 60 people had to lose their jobs. Uh, it meant a lot of other things had to had to be stopped because the level of spending was too high for the amount of income that was coming in. Because we hadn't yet seen that growth eventuate, and we had to fix some more things in the business. So. But during that time, that, that, by the way, that was step one, that still wouldn't fix the situation. We still needed to raise extra money. And I found myself, you know, every night struggling to sleep. Because I'm like 12 years we built the business, there's 250 people's jobs, you know, we, we, you know, hundreds of thousands of people depend on our product every day. I've got my own personal reputation, and you find all these. You know, suddenly everything you've worked for for 12 years at God's grace, you could see evaporate and you could see losing everything you have and your reputation and, and all of that. And there was a, a thousand and one fears. But uh, what really helped me was, despite all that fear, going back to the foundation of who I am in Christ, God's in control... He's got this, there's a purpose in this and reminding myself of that daily and just living in that. And I don't know about you guys, but I find when you do that, you get so close to God that you sort of, I don't know if this is a weird me thing, I got so close to God in that time that I that I kind of liked that we had the crisis. Because I... I Without that, I'd find the level of intimacy and reliance on God and trust in Him isn't isn't as easy to come by when times are good. You know, when I'm forced to trust God, I get so intimate with Him. You know, and you just enjoy Him. And one of the signs that you trust in God and not living in fear is you wake up with a lot of gratitude. You just instead of fearing what you're going to lose you actually just have a deep appreciation for what you have and what God's given you. you. know, Even just you know, the sun's out or you can breathe or you can eat some food. It's like back to the basics, back to the foundations. So that, that was my story. Nathan actually prayed for us and he said a couple of months ago, he said actually your, your money that you need will come from somewhere you don't expect at a time you don't expect it and um, two of my leadership team are Christians. One of them's our Chief Technical Officer, the other one's a General Counsel, a lawyer and um, they used to work at a place uh, called Wise Tech and one of the guys there knows them them both And, and, and the General Counsel came running to me on Friday afternoon so happy and she wanted to tell me this story she said, Oh Michael Michael Sheargold's decided he's gonna drop in four million dollars into our cap race. And that's because he I said, Well what you know, what diligence is he gonna do? She, he goes, Oh he he said, if Natasha and Owen are there, no problem. So so on Friday, yes, we did get an answer to all that situation, but it's been three months of a lot of ups and downs. But the the, the journey with the Lord and trusting him And coming to peace with whatever he wants has been the real real benefit so anyway back to this verse fear of the lord's beginning of wisdom knowledge of the holy one is understanding so apologies if everyone already knows all this stuff about sacrifice and atonement but i think it's really useful the 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 reason that they sacrificed animals back then and the reason they wanted to get that altar going ASAP was they knew that they were sort of covered in sin. They knew that that land was not a place where God could dwell. They knew the culture of the city was not a place where God could grace it. So they had to atone for that. So it's sort of atonements like you can take your sin that you deserve and what they'd done and what other people have done and, and place it on an innocent Animal, and you know, and this animal, you know, then is sacrificed, and the blood from that animal atones for the sin. So it's sort of like the blood of the animal is represents life. You know, that's the innocent. That's a life there that was innocent, and the priest, you know, would then you know, sprinkle that blood around and you know the blood symbolically would wash away the sin and atone for the wrongdoing atone for the disobedience and you know it's the same in the city it was like look you know everything had been defiled but you know that blood leads to a purification so the place is purified sin is atoned for because they knew that's the only way that God will come and grace them. That's how God's presence would come upon the city and upon them. So that's why they ran to do that because without doing that, nothing's going to get better. Yeah, so for 70 years, God's not worshipped, served or honoured, land's defiled, people have become rebellious and wicked. Now despite all of that fear around that culture, that rejection, maybe fear of losing their life, they built that altar on its foundation and they resumed those sacrifices ASAP. And this might give new meaning to this verse that you guys know where in, you know Jesus said, look, destroy this temple and in three days I'll raise it up again. And they answered, this temple took 46 years to build and you're going to raise it in three days. But Jesus was speaking about the temple of his body. You can imagine the reaction from the the Pharisees and all the Jewish people. They'd had Solomon's great temple be built and destroyed. They'd lived in exile in Babylon for 70 years. People had come back and rebuilt the second temple. And this is the centrepiece of how they get right with God. This is where we atone for our sin. This is where innocent sacrifices are used to make sure we have a relationship with God. And you're saying you're going to destroy all that. So no wonder they got their backup. And they had fear of losing that, but they didn't realise who Jesus was. He was he was not speaking about that. So in the same way, Jesus, he came to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. His blood to pay and atone for our wrongdoing, our sin. The purification by his blood, the atonement that he's taken on the sin and paid for it. But not only that, as we know, he conquered sin once and for all. And he rose from the dead. So I've got a question for you guys and myself. You know, what is it in your life that needs restoring? What's been decimated, just like Jerusalem and the temple? What's been overrun? You know, what's holding ground in your life that that's the ground Jesus should hold? What needs that restoration? Because the, that's the that's the awesome news about God. Is it doesn't matter what any of that is. He's more powerful than that. His blood, his grace, his mercy, can restore anything in your life. Any ailment, any wrongdoing, any unforgiveness, any pain. everything is available here today to be restored through the blood of Jesus. It's a free gift, free gift. So what is your Ezra? What's your Ezra three verse three? So I reckon everyone has their own Ezra three three. And my version of that is despite insert fear, whatever that is for you, I'm going to build on the foundation of Jesus and I'm going to worship Jesus morning and evening. You know? If that if the old Testament version was they were going to build the altar and sacrifice morning and evening, well this is the New Testament version. So, maybe despite your fear of rejection by your co-workers, you're going to praise and share Jesus both morning and evening with them. Maybe despite feeling a fear of your friend's reaction to you, you're going to ask them all to come to Alpha. (laughs) Uh, Despite the fear of getting hurt again, um, I'm going to forgive my husband or or wife, and rebuild my marriage with Jesus as a foundation. Maybe despite the fear of loss and the unknown, I'm going to tie 10% of my income as a foundation, etc. Oh, oh yeah, I found this one like I thought, because I've had this fear before where I've had non-Christian people in my car And then, you know, I'm like, I should put on Hope 103.2 or Inspire Digital or whatever. And it's like, does anyone else have that second-guess thought about that? It's like, oh, despite that fear, I'm going to play 103.2 or Hope or Inspire Digital. (laughs) So despite being judged and ridiculed on social media, maybe you're going to leave here and you're going to share your testimony about Jesus. That would be great. and tag LifeGate in that, please. <laughs> <laughs> you want the trap? But here, here's a big one. This could be you here today. Maybe you've lived 70 years and Jesus hasn't been part of your life at the centre. Maybe it's been seven, maybe it's been seven weeks. But despite a fear of losing your old life, I'm going to repent of my sin. I'm going to accept Jesus' free gift of forgiveness, his grace, his mercy, and I'm going to rebuild my life with Jesus as the foundation. So if that's you here today, or if any of these things speak to you, we're going to have the the, work, the prayer team come up and be available to pray with you. But let's rebuild everything in our life with Jesus as a foundation. That's the message from Ezra. So I just want to, if anyone feels really led to have a relationship with Jesus and you don't know Jesus, you know, just let's all close our eyes and I'm going to lead us in a prayer around that. Dear Lord, I'm sorry I've sinned against you. thank you jesus for paying the price for me on the cross with your body and your blood lord i want to follow you the rest of the days of my life so if you prayed to repent of your sin and accept what jesus has done on the cross and follow him the rest of the days of your life you are now fully restored (laughs) And that's an amazing, amazing thing, the grace of God and the mercy to restore us through the innocent sacrifice of his son who didn't deserve any of it. So if you prayed that, you're now a Christian, um, grab someone and speak to them. Speak to me or, or, or Nathan or anyone that you know in the church feel comfortable with. And if anyone else here today is suffering from a fear and it might seem overwhelming or something in your life that you want to see restored and made right, the right foundation to be established, I invite you to come up with the prayer team and can I ask those people to come up now and get, get the prayer, that, the, that forgiveness is here, that restoration is here today.